Hey Matt, so uh, what's up? This is Tanda Rosa. I know your friend Waldo. He's such a jerk. Like he told me to mess with you. But that's okay, man. Because you're probably just a jerk as Waldo is, right? I mean, come on, man. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, I think if you're such a supporter of women's wrestling, uh, you should be either buying merchandise from our website or watching our shows just in general. Like, come on, Matt. You got a super mission, bro. And you have to watch the shows. Or you have to either come to Texas when all this craziness is over. So, yeah, Matt. Get your ass down to Texas. You got to watch live wrestling. It's the best, especially here. Especially now. Other than that, guys, or Matt, take care. Just don't be discouraged with all this craziness happening in the world. And you know what? Soy la mera mera cabrona. Welcome back to another episode of the Face for Wrestling video podcast. I'm Waldo. I'm the Matt. And I'm Dr. The Wife. If we're recording this episode on Thursday, then we're ahead of what I originally planned, and it's not quite New Year's yet. If I'm running behind like normal, how's 2021 so far? Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> you did not meet your goal. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> uh, 2021, good year. Good year. Um, I got to see some great wrestling from 2019, so I can't complain. All of, like, what, 14 hours so far? Yeah. Best way to start off the year. We're back at Shinkiba First Ring on January the 3rd, and it's the first time Stardom does a show in the same arena two days in a row in our timeline. It pays off as the attendance for this show is up from yesterday's 375 to 413 today. While we didn't have any singles matches yesterday, we do get one today for the future of Stardom Championship, along with two six-lady tag matches, a regular match, an eight-lady tag match, and a battle royal involving 24 wrestlers, all of whom pulled double duty tonight. There were 26 wrestlers on the card tonight, though, so who are we missing? Comment below if you can figure it out who the two are exactly that didn't pull double duty tonight. Technically 27, but we'll get to that later. Indeed. Japanese Jack Tunney must have his stopwatch out tonight, as match time came out to an even 49 minutes. Really? Which is hilarious, because the entire show is just shy of two hours at 1.55. Wow. This includes all the interviews, pre- and post-match stuff. The match we didn't watch. Honestly, though, I was absolutely fine with the show's length. If we were able to time travel and go to these shows, it would have only been a couple hours each day. There would have been plenty of time before and after the show to spend the rest of our money on merch. Yeah, and stakes. Speaking of Stardom merch, Matt, did you know that Stardom is now selling to Texas? Are they? While those of us outside of Japan and Texas may be thinking this is their international store, you'd be correct. But, you know, Texas. Yeah. 
However, there are things on the regular startup store that is still Japan only that you still need to utilize services like White Rabbit for. There's a go-between service as well, right? Yes, it's kind of like White Rabbit, but like exclusive to shops over there, though. Right. And folks, let's be honest. I make the Stardom tracksuit look really damn good. And you know who else thinks it looks good? Mission Pro Wrestling, as they finally acknowledge the unofficial name of Lone Stardom Wrestling we gave them over on our Twitter at Face for Wrestling. They did give us that like. It counts. It's canon. You can check out Mission Pro Wrestling over at TitledMatchNetwork.com for two free weeks at $9.99 a month after, and Stardom over at Stardom-World.com for $920 yen a month. How many? $920. That's still not a lot of yen. Our first match tonight is a six-lady tag match with the sisters of Hanan, Hina, and Rina going up against the team of Mari, Natsumi, and Sadie Gibbs. I thought originally this was going to be good to see mother and daughter on the same side here, but I was taken aback when Natsumi came out with the stars, and I was thinking to myself, did you come out with the wrong team? Wow, you're spoiling it five minutes in advance. (laughs) I was wondering what he was doing. I'm guessing the extra people they had in attendance for this show had seating in the area they used for interviews yesterday because Mm -hmm. we're in the back alley for our first set of interviews. Yeah. So yeah, we shoot to the back and we have Rena saying, today we're at Shinkiba and we face Madi, Sadie, and Natsumi. We'll use our teamwork to win. Let's go. Oh. We then shoot over to Madi, who says... It's okay. So she says, um, hello, everyone. It's your friend, Madi Apache here. Once again, to say that we will work with a new teammate and great wrestler along with Natsumi. Blah, 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 and we will win. I couldn't really hear what she was saying, not because of her, but because of all the noise in the background. Crowd noise, yep. Yeah. The announcement, uh, like I said, it just didn't let me hear what was going on, but I was just very confused because I, I had to look at Natsumi and she kept kind of rolling her eyes, I guess, and she didn't want to be there. And then all of a sudden she runs off. Yeah, she sneaks out as the triplets music begins and joins them in their entrance. Yeah. They're not triplets, twins and older sister. So my question was, what's up with Natsumi? She looked like she was annoyed and then awkwardly ran around the new wrestler, which they didn't even mention her name, which I thought was funny too. No, but Rena did call her Sadie this time, so someone did at least acknowledge that they knew who she was. Oh, okay. But do you know why Natsumi joined the sisters? No. Why, why the Matt? It's just further proof that Stars is evil and are turning mother and daughter against each other. What? Maniacal. Madi apparently didn't want Sadie talking again because she said nothing. Nope. She just kind of looked at Madi as Natsumi snuck away and they went, huh? Yeah. And then let's go. We're going. And she just kept shooing her forward. Also, and we've mentioned this before in the past, but I want to give props to Stardom World here. They did not spoil this surprise twist in the thumbnail. Like, they do the little versus thumbnail for all their matches, and it still said Madi, Natsumi, and Sadie versus Hina, Hana, and Rina. So, kudos to them for not spoiling it beforehand. I think this is the second time that's actually happened, right? Yeah, it's a couple times we've had to mention it before. And like I said, it's props. And did you notice that as the sisters got in the ring with Natsumi, they the sisters approach Miss Yuri and inform her that Natsumi's going to be joining their team? And while Madi and Sadie are doing their intro, she's actually confirming that that's okay with Rosie. Like, she actually, like, snuck out of the ring for a second to talk to him to get confirmation that it was okay. Just a nice little touch. That's cool. Yeah. Race car ref is in to check everyone out, and we're underway with the junior stars running the dropkick train on Sadie while Natsumi 
knocks her mother out of the corner. Double arm bar, number 56 and 32 from the Twins as Hanen puts up the figure yawn. Yeah, I think this is the first time we've seen the, the triple submission, right? How did they tap? You can't. All your limbs <laughs> belong to us. Natsumi's in the corner trying to tie Mighty up in the ropes, literally. Yeah, she got her in the El Nudo in the bottom rope. Yeah, that was weird. Things kind of clear up as Sadie powers over the twins by Irish whipping them into the corner. The sisters take turns running everywhere to try and pin Sadie while keeping Mighty occupied. I did notice that the little one-on-one time there was in the ring, it focused on Natsumi and Sadie. Yeah. Natsumi puts Sadie in the El Nudo for a nice set of running stomps on her. Yep. There was a nice dropkick dodge from Sadie as Hanan was flying in. She just moved. Yeah, that's all you got to do. I chuckled at the logic here. <laughs> nice double-team suplex from the twins to Sadie as they follow up with a double-reverse Russian leg sweep. Madi finally comes in, and she tries to hit Hanan with a flying butt-tackle spin, but Hanan moves out of the way for a tag. She tags in Natsumi for her to get in a little on Madi, and it was nice to see Madi do what she could to make it look really good for her daughter in there. Yeah, I have that note. Not dissing Sadi. She doesn't know any of these girls yet, so she was a little bit... It was, it was a little bit weird when she was in the ring, but Madi made Natsumi look amazing. Everything was smooth. Everything was great, and she made her daughter look phenomenal. But she did make her work for it, though. Yeah. They all set Sadie up for her running, jumping, spinning to the outside. It's impressive, as always, but took a little bit to do. Yeah, and I, I had a note on that one just because it's it's topical. Because it's been coming up a lot lately about wrestlers and wrestling personalities hating on the dive spot where people just stand around waiting for the dive. I, I'm in that camp, but you don't see it a lot during this card, so I, I'm okay with it in this match. I think this was the most obvious one in reference to what you're talking about. In this one, I have to give Sadie a little bit of credit as well. It looks like she came up a little bit short on the actual dive itself, so she kind of turned it into a weird diving drop kick. So kudos to her for making it look a little different. Granted, she had to, but it just it, it looked a little bit different. And out of that, Madi rolls Hina and Rena in, clotheslines them, and gives them a double pin at 614. Weird. Yeah, she clobbered them. I was happy for Madi to win this match. It meant that we got to avoid Sadie's music. Yeah. Uh, Is that copyright? Can I sing that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have nothing super bad to say about this match. It was nothing special. Like I said, Sadie doesn't quite... You got me saying it, Sadie, instead of Sadie. She's British, not Spanish. Sadie doesn't quite mesh well yet, and there was a little bit, some of her stuff that was just a little bit off. Not super bad, and not like, don't ever come here again, but just a little bit. She, she needs a little bit more chemistry, I guess, with, with some of the, the talent. I, I can I can see what you're saying, because I, I was thinking the same thing. It's just it, it seemed like one side or the other was trying to, to help one of the wrestlers. I mean, it could have been Sadie they were helping, but... I don't know. I just kept thinking. I, I. It just seems like she was holding back a lot, and I, I, was, yeah. I was wondering maybe, maybe one day we'll get to see her with more technical wrestlers and let her go all out, you know? Yeah. And fortunately for her, she's not the worst one on this card. So. Yeah. I mean, I found her flips entertaining, though. They were, they yeah. were interesting. A fast-paced opener that was a bit all over the place. There was something always going on, but not a lot to take notes over. And oddly yeah. enough, Sadie was out of place here for me. 
As we've yeah. come to know all the ladies involved in this match here, one of the things that wasn't like the other, one of these things is Sadie. Yeah, like I said, I, I have hopes that, like like Dr. The Wife said, that if you put her in there with the right talent, she'll she'll be able to shine and she'll look really good. Uh, unfortunately for her, the sisters were not those talents. In fairness, they are introducing her slowly to the crowd. Yeah. We go backstage to the normal interview set, finally, with Hannah singing for us and teaching Bobby how to be polite. Yeah. She sings Happy New Year's, everyone. Or she sings, what is it, the bong, bong, bong. Then says Happy New Year's, everyone, and bows, and then forces Bobby to bow with her. And I mean literally pushes her down to bow with her. She then says, this year, let's hope for good luck. And that's all we get from her. As we shoot over to B, who has a lot more to say, she says, Hello, Queen's Quest UK here. Today we're wrestling Hana and Bobby Tyler. So it looks like Hana has kind of taken Bobby under her wing a little bit. They're kind of strutting around like they own the place. But I don't know how they're going to feel after we beat them tonight. Because everyone knows that Queen's Quest is the best. At which point Viper says, Yeah, they're a couple little cute princesses. But everyone knows princesses don't got nothing on queens. Matt, I am so happy you were able to tell us what Viper said because I have here in my notes, Viper says something Scottish and gives us the QQ sign. Wait, did that make me the official Scottish translator? Indeed. Nice. But you did speak English. You just have a hard time understanding foreign languages. Accents? Not languages. We kick off with B and Bobby with a bit of snappiness and race car ref resetting them in the middle of the ring for a test of strength. It looked like B was going for the B's knees, but it was actually her Karana and it looked slick. Yeah. It gets a nice round of applause with B following up with a snapmare and a few kicks to the back. Are you noticing the crowd is more into cheering for B during the actual match? She's got a charisma factor to her. B is running the ropes, but Hana comes over and stops her by grabbing her hair. It allows Bobby to get a jab into Viper and a cheap kick to B. Bobby takes advantage by working over B's arm and into a sitting arm puller. Looked really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Bobby tags in Hana, and they get B up in the double-team bow and arrow, and this gets a good round of applause, and rightly so. Yeah. I know Bobby has been wrestling for a bit up to this point, but Hana comes in to show us how to wrestle and work the crowd at the same time. Take notes. 100%. Elbows back and forth, but as Hana is running off the ropes, it gives B a moment to get some distance by pelting Hana in the back of the head with her foot. She tags Viper, who comes in with some axe handle chops and a back body drop on top of Hana. Bobby tries to save her, but B comes in, and her and Viper get Hana and Bobby stacked in the corner. Viper sandwiches the two, chunking Bobby out of the way. B follows up with a stiff knee to the face, and Viper finishes with a barrel roll straight in Hana's face. Hell no. <laughs> no. Not the worst thing. There's, there's worse coming. Hana's laid out below the corner as Viper's going up. As Viper's coming down, Hana rolls out of the way. She tries to get the upper hand. Viper swipes a kick out of the way and answers that with a headbutt. There's something interesting that happens here, by the way. Okay. Hana's top breaks, and she shows the importance of having two tops or layers. Exactly. Yeah. Hana isn't having it and is off the ropes for a foot to the face, and it only sees her get a two. And right here is where I have the exact same note you have, Matt. I'm glad it gets better later on. She still seems to be putting her gear together, and the outer part came undone. Mm-hmm. And her boot things kept going all the way down to the mat, too. Yeah, she had a lot of jocks watch for the, the furry boots. I'm worried she's going to trip over them. Well, I wouldn't mind it so bad, but it's like every time she gets taken down, she's reaching to adjust them. Hana attempts a suplex, but Viper just picks her up. 
She squirms out of it to knock Bobby off the apron with Viper. As Viper stumbling back, Hana hits the suplex. Ten on ten. Yeah, that was all her too. Yeah. I don't know how she brought that power out, but she that was all her. She did it the hard way. Yeah, I, yeah, that was amazing. She she took a lot of bumps on this one. It was yeah. yeah. Hana celebrated a little too soon as Viper came over with a running drop kick. The five minute warning is given and we get clean tags on both sides. Bobby and B come in to trade feet and kind of slow things down a bit weirdly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. I wrote that in my notes. The match slowed down every time Bobby came in. But B did some really good work with her. Yeah, this kind of go back to what we said in the last match of one of these people aren't like the others. Bobby kind of had a tendency to choreograph or like telegraph everything she was doing. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really, you could tell she's still pretty green. It was distracting. Yeah, like you were obviously about to do a clothesline because you set up for it three seconds and made sure they were ready to take a clothesline. Whereas the other girls in the match are like, I'm going to just kick through your face. Hope you don't die. I don't want to say she's really green as a wrestler, more so just in stardom. I mean, I just said I have to say as a wrestler, because like I said, everything in this match that she did, I knew she was going to do it before she did it. Eh, fair enough. Probably one of the strangest DDTs I've ever seen anyone issue comes as Bobby jumped into the ropes and bounced off to send off with her crotch. Yeah, she like split-legged it. I think she was going for her um, falling STO that we talked about on the last show, but somehow scissored the rope and hit a DDT instead. Yes. Viper comes in to break up the pin attempt, and Hana issues a receipt by taking her outside to leave B and Bobby in the ring. B hits a German suplex onto Bobby, but it was on her side. Ow. Yeah. But it made it easier to cover for a pin attempt afterwards. Yeah. Both ladies worked their way up to standing positions by hitting elbows to each other. Because, you know, that's how it always works, right? That's how stardom works. When all else fails, trade elbows. And then, holy shit, the hit of the night. B hits a code breaker to Bobby, but doesn't let go. Viper comes in while B is still holding her and backsplashes on top of Bobby. This should have gotten the damn three. Yeah, I affectionately refer to this tag team maneuver as the, oh, no, I'm not taking this. Followed by the curb stomp from B, and that sees us get the actual three at 829. Seemed a yep. little bit out of place on the pin, though. That that previous move should have done it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think, especially since it's a tag match, end with the tag maneuver, and the curb stomp was just a little bit anticlimactic after that. I feel like this match was meant to get the crowd warmed up to some new and returning wrestlers. However, as the focus of the match was supposed to be Bobby and B, the crowd, and me at least, wanted to see a Hana and Viper match. It was a solid match with everything always looking stiff as shit. My only nitpick was that the codebreaker into the backdrop should have been the finish, because had that been me instead of Bobby, I'd be dead. Uh, uh, my only thing about this match is... I thoroughly enjoyed three out of the four participants in it. And again, not talking shit about the fourth. I think she just needs a little bit more work before she's going to be featured in a match like this. The other three ladies were clearly, they just outclass her a little bit, you know, talk to the wife. I don't really have a lot for this one. Like I said, I mean, the, the match was okay. Like I said, and Hannah took a lot of bumps. And then um, the only other thing I have here was that B did a great job. Yeah. Hana's always fun to watch, so that there's nothing there for me to comment on. Yeah. But because Bobby was kind of lackluster for me, 
I wound up watching B more, not so much to see if she'll beat her, but kind of to see how much of this will she fix. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I know you're not only even new to the timeline, but new to stardom to an extent. And you can definitely tell the foreign talent that get it. And and B is one of those ones that get it. She wrestles that stardom style and she fits in completely. Yeah, because when when she went with the other the the normal wrestlers, you can tell she's just picking up where she left off with them, you know. Right. Whereas she just slowed down a little bit more with Bobby. So yeah. Yeah. Our second six lady tag match sees the members of QQ, Momo, Konami, and Azumi versus the stars of Alex Tam Saki. We have Momo saying it's January third in Shinkiba. We fought stars yesterday in a hell of a match. But I guess this is a preview match. It's a six-person match, but I want to win before going into my white belt defense. Let's do our best. We then shoot over to Tam, who says, Happy New Year. Yesterday, we faced these guys in an elimination match. Yesterday, we lost. Today, it's not elimination. It's 3v3 with a different outcome. I'm going straight for that white belt. Saki, Alex, nice to meet you. Let's work hard together. So apparently, she just now met Alex right before the match. I like during the Stars interview where Alex sits and nods like she totally knows what's going on here. Yeah, you could tell she was totally just turning her face towards Tam because Tam was talking but really had no clue. Matt, it finally uh, happened. What happened? I have a bone to pick with stardom. What's that? Stop introducing Alex as being from America. She's from Texas. There's a clear <laughs> difference here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention this was when I was watching it. And um, watching them come out, actually, to their theme songs, I was going to say, you ruined me on this one. I blame you for this. Because every time I see her walk out, I'm thinking of the A&M fight song. <laughs> every time. Where's the yeah. war hymn? <laughs> yeah, every time. Mm-hmm. Told you I made that intro way better. <laughs> yeah. So, Walda. Mm-hmm. Did you notice three interesting things before this match gets started? Go on. One, Azumi couldn't get her mask off. I saw that. That that made me chuckle. Yeah, Momo had to help her. Two, Saki got more streamers than anybody else. Almost as if the fan base know their savior. Three, stars refuse the handshake. I think what it is is they don't want to get the heel on them. Uh, that still seems pretty heelish. The That's plot like- thickens. Tam and Momo start off with a collar and elbow lock and some reversals as we get a great display of Matt wrestling. This is how it's done right here. Yeah, I I have the note that I feel like Momo and Tam watched that last match and were like, Bobby, watch this. They work their way up and Tam rolls Momo while she's in a headlock over. Momo manages to get the leg scissors put on and they work to a quick standoff. This entire opening sequence, 11 on 10. Yeah, they're sinking everything in, even submission moves. Everything looks legit. Tam whips Momo into the opposite corner for a running corner tackle, but Momo moves. Azumi is there to trip Tam up as well. The heel work. They were just protecting themselves from the heels. Self-defense. I think this is the first time we've seen anything like this, too, in stardom. As Tam got put on her ass by it, Momo was there to punctuate it with a drop kick to the chest. Yeah, it was hit hard, too. Momo continues to take it to Tam in the corner until she drags her over to the QQ corner to tag in Azumi for more punishment. Yeah, and it's time for Azumi to show that she knows how to wrestle as well. Nice dropkick from Azumi to Tam as she drags her out of the corner for a two count. 
but she takes her over to the QQ corner for Konami to tag in and a quick taunting spot. See, you call it a quick taunting spot. I call it Konami tries to put her foot through Tam's neck. There's that too. (laughs) Off the ropes while Tam is on the bottom rope and Konami hits a running baseball slide kick to her. Konami is on top of the world until Tam finally counters with a flying leg to the chest off the ropes to Konami. I love this maneuver. It looked like Tam jumped a little early, but rather than like sell a phantom bump or whatever, she just found a way to hang there in air so that Konami did run into the leg and actually make connection with it. I, I don't know how these two ladies did this maneuver, but it looked really good. She barrel rolls a tag into Alex, who immediately goes up top to hit a flying crossbody. As she's trying to get a pin in, Azumi is quick to come in for the breakup. And Alex is holding her own with the entire group of QQ there for a little bit. Tam is out recovering, but as the three QQ ladies are on the bottom ropes, Saki comes in to assist Alex by hitting a dropkick onto Momo, while Alex hits a 979 on Azumi and Konami together. And it looked like Konami took a lot of that. Yeah, it was a pretty good spot. Saki comes in and hits a snap double underhook to Konami. It doesn't get the pin, and in return, she gets Irish whipped to the corner. But she spider climbs the ropes to nail a bulldog to Konami in return. Vicious kicks from Konami to Saki, and Saki tries to gain footing by whipping her into the ropes, but Konami jumps and bounces off the second rope to lay Saki down for a follow-up dropkick to the head. I love watching Konami. (laughs) I still cannot be a fan. I don't know what it is, but I'm not, I can't go with Saki. Because she's a betrayer. <laughs> she betrays all that is evil. Momo is running for a dropkick to Saki in the corner, and thank God Saki got out of the way because Momo laid into that corner ring pad pretty thick. Yeah, like I said, they're going to try to kick through your face. It's on you to not have that happen. On a side note, I think we're getting close to figuring out where they're at based on the ring setup here. So far, I think Shinkiba has always had the ring corner pads instead of the mm-hmm. traditional turnbuckle pads. Agreed. Saki hits a spinning hurricanrana to Momo, and you could tell Momo was a bit lost due to how fast it went. As she was starting to get up, she must have thought she was in her own corner and looks for a tag and sees nothing but Alex's pink. Alex immediately raises her arms up to clap. Momo notices and quickly yanks her hand back. Well done here, Alex. I really like this spot, and you say well done, Alex. I'm giving well done to Momo to sell the fact that she was so out of it that she tried to tag somebody else. We've seen spots like this go awry in other promotions, and both ladies here covered this perfectly. Oh, yeah. Props to both of them. Like I said, it's just the little things. Those little things matter. Tam is in, and she's picking Momo up. They start beating each other with elbows. Whip reversals, and Tam hits a lift and belly-to-back suplex to Momo with ease. We now know why the white belt defense is not going to be an Iron Woman match. Because if it was, it would mean that they both had to actually wear iron suits to protect themselves from each other. I am not editing that. Do it. Momo hits what looks like the best peach sunrise catch and delivery we've seen so far reviewing stardom. Yes. But she doesn't go for a pin as she's trying to make a point with Tam. Tam catches Momo in a roll-up, and it only gets a two. But as the breakout of it, you think they're taking a quick breather. Nope. They slide back to hit each other with extended stereo kicks to the head. Yeah. <laughs> Both ladies are slow to try and make tags, but Momo makes it first, and Azumi is flying in, breaking the sound barrier. Whip reversal into a crossbody torque wrench. The modified octopus hold, also known as the Black Widow. Thank you. I was sitting here for a minute in my notes trying to figure out what... I knew we had a name for that. Yep. Tam tries to walk it over to the ropes, but Azumi rolls out of it and snaps suplex Tam after dragging her back into the middle. 
because she's smart as oh. Yeah. Surround sound drop kicks to Tam in the middle of the ring by the QQ members. After a two count, Azumi just messes Tam's day up with a kick to the head. Yeah. Off the ropes, and this somehow turns into armbar number four. This is the La Mystica Fujiwara armbar. Okay. <laughs> you, you, would you like to know who it's named after? Go ahead. Your favorite wrestler of all time, Sin Cara. Oh, Sin Bachi, who will not be getting this place right here. Time out for a second. I had to rewind slash pause so many times just to type notes for the last 30 seconds of the match. There was so much going on, and Azumi is so damn fast. Yeah. As you think things are slowing down enough for taking notes, Saki comes in and just crushes Azumi's face with her foot. Double Irish whips and drop kicks from Saki and Alex to Konami and Momo, putting them outside the ring as they all start ganging up on Azumi. Saki sets up Azumi for a top rope knee splash from Tam. Momo is in at 2 and 99 100s to break the pin. Did you notice she was moving so fast to break up the pin that she pretty much just broke it up by punching Nazium in the face? Yes. <laughs> Tam picks up Azumi as Saki entertains Momo, goes off the ropes, and plants her knees through Azumi's face. L- leave this lady alone! Yeah, this is child abuse. Slight shuffling for Tam to set up the double underhook German suplex in the middle of the ring for the three in 10-13. It just took a little moment to get it set. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what happened here. She looks like she was going for something else and then decided to go ahead and hit her with the tiger suplex for the finish. Where is my Tam and Momo one-on-one matchup after this? Oh, it's coming. It's very soon, as this was the teaser for their upcoming Wonder of Stardom title match at the anniversary show. And I'm telling you now, I'm ready for it. And if you weren't sure that a match was coming, Momo goes over and kicks Tam after the bell, and Tam gets up in Momo's face, and they do the, I like to refer to it as the Stardom special, where they grab each other's hair and kind of, This is also the best we've seen Alex in a match. She wasn't used much, but everything she came in to do was crisp and on point. Yeah, they definitely used her a lot better than they've used some of the other foreigners in the other matches. She seemed to fit in well with all of the other competitors because they used her sparingly, which is a smart thing to do. Saki was even a little faster than normal in this match. Now, that's not to take away from QQ. Everyone did great in this match, but the winners overall were the fans as everyone showed up to impress in this match. Agreed, 100%. This match didn't slow down at any point and went a solid 10 minutes going 90 miles an hour. Yeah. I have here, post-match, we get a quick Tam-Momo stare down, as you already talked about, and yeah. Tam running over to grab P-Chan before they go. <laughs> Can't forget the P-Chan. It's Jan, Jungle, Natsuko, Kaori, and Monster versus Oidotai, Kegitsu, Hazuki, Natsu, and Jamie. Cut to the back with Jan first and Natsuko laughing at a joke told her right before this interview started. Yeah, we start off with the typical Jan intros, followed by Jungle saying, The car changed a bit. Ruaka was added and Jan is together for the first time in 2019. This surprised me for a second because I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, oh, wait, it's January 3rd. It's, it's not that far into the year. So we are together and have an opportunity to beat Odiotai. I will be facing Kigitsu for the red belt, so I really want to focus on her. Are we going to win? Yes, of course. Everybody, let's go jungle, jungle. I have here, everyone talks at a reasonable pace, and then jungle starts up. Yes. Oh my goodness, she don't slow down for nothing. Jungle references a slight card change. This was originally supposed to be a six-lady tag match with Kegitsu, Hazuki, and Natsu versus Jungle, Natsuko, and Kaori. Care for some behind-the-scenes on this one. 
Go for it. Normally, I don't go digging or asking around for stuff like this, but the answer amused me and was worthy of a tip of the hat to Japanese Jack Tunney. This match was always slated to be an eight-lady tag match. Uh-huh. But Jamie hadn't turned on Hana yet and not a member of Oedotai. So they waited until the last minute to add her on the match until all of that unfolded and sold it as a six-lady tag. So much so that I'm actually splicing in the original tag match poster for this one. Nice. I'm told that the foreign ladies working at Stardom usually have a deal worked out around four to six months prior to coming over due to local laws, uh, Mm -hmm. visas and whatnot. So when Jamie and Bobby showed up, they had already had a deal worked out for their dates and such prior to even getting in the country. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a behind-the-scenes tip of the hat for you and me because stuff like this is not that far planned out in the States. Yeah. We haven't found old ref eating in the back yet. Trust me, we're still looking. But <laughs> we did see his head pop up from behind the interview banner while Jamie was talking. Who can't spot that glorious salt-and-peppered hair? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I think the only word Oidotai understood Jamie say was easy, as they all repeated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we shoot over with Kegitsu starting off saying, it's day two at Shinkiba. Pause? Was there something big? Hazuki says, well, yeah, Jamie joined us. Oh, yeah, I'm going to leave this to our new member. Jamie, here you go. Hazuki, no objections. Kegitsu, uh, is it okay with you? Natsu, it's all good. Jamie. Today we're in Shikiba. This is the first match with my new faction, Oedotai, and I hope we work together well. I have good feeling about it, so thank you very much for inviting me to join you. And I know we're going to pick up the win easy. And as you said, everybody says, easy. Jamie then says, then we drink after, and everyone cheers. Kegetsu says, very well. As for the match, here you go. This interview led me to want to confess a slight fear i have about traveling overseas a lot what's that i'm worried that when i'm drinking while out and about i'll start repeating words like they did to seem like i'm in agreement. however <laughs> i think i've done this with ridiculous words that translate to things like table or jacket i've done this in countries <laughs> sitting at a bar oh trash can trash can trash can i've been the guy <laughs> so before the match starts off we get a couple of I think interesting things. Jamie does not join in on the Odeotai dance, nor with the entrance, but she does come out with the sign. I thought this was a nice touch, because like you said, even though it's been planned for a while, she literally just turned the day before. So to have her come out and do the dance the very next day would have seemed a little bit planned. We then get a little bit of towel warfare as Jan shows off their spiffy new towels, tossing one of the Odeotai towels into the ring, allowing Natsu to wear it as a bandana. Hold on a second. (laughs) Did Stardom beat me to the punch again two shows in a row on splicing in metal songs? Oh, what'd I miss? Jamie's song. Oh, yeah. Again, if you know who this is or who did this, uh, who does the themes for stuff like this, comment below. I'd really like to know. Let us know Vipers, too, because we're still looking for that one. I spent a lot of time looking for it and can't seem to figure it out. I don't know if we ever talked about this, but Jamie not having the camo jacket like the rest of Oidotai makes sense, just like you said, because she just joined them yesterday. Yeah. But Monster never has a Jan outfit like the rest of her teammates. Never. Kiori even has the outfit, although it makes her look a bit um, clownish. (laughs) I see what you did there. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I know it was a bad joke. I'll grab my coat. <laughs> <laughs> a couple other pre-match funnies we'll go with. As they're doing all the streamers, they throw streamers at Jungle, and Natsu starts messing with the cleanup crew and refuses to let them actually drag them out of the ring. And right after all the streamers are thrown, Natsu lays down in the middle of the ring and starts posing for one of the cameramen at ringside. And as she's doing so, Kaori runs over real quick and jumps in front of her, messing up the picture for a good reaction from the crowd. And then Jungle decides she, or declares she's going to start the match. So the rest of Odiotai leave the ring, allowing Natsu to fight her. So Jungle leaves, allowing Kaori to start the match. I feel like we're going to be talking about the pre-match more than we are the actual match on this one. Oh, yeah. I have a whole page of notes on this. You ready? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Jan started in the middle, sporting the towels, like you said. Uh-huh. And I have to say, it's interesting that a wrestling promotion puts such an emphasis on towel branding. Mm-hmm. I say that, and I'm sitting over here with my Oido Tai towel. I'm going to say, don't you have one of those? It just leads me to believe that Japanese Jack Tunney may actually be a hitchhiker preparing everyone for something. Well, because they're clearly not big enough to be bath towels, so they have to be for something. Poor Miss Yuri is trying to announce everyone as Natsu is already working the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> this pre-match right here, this is the greatest. <laughs> Kiori looks on in amazement as she's beat to the punch for working the crowd on this one. Yeah. <laughs> But it turns into Kaori getting booed. How? Well, we start off with Natsu saying, thank you, happy new year, multiple times. And then she attempts to start, or not attempts, she does start a We Will Rock You chant, complete with stomps and claps and everything. She then starts a Heyo chant, and Kaori attacks her for massive boos from the crowd. Then she attempts to do the Heyo chant herself, and the crowd is having none of it. They boo her some more. They then go back and forth with Natsu doing heyo and getting cheers as well as a heyo and multiple inflections and different stuffs as Kaori tries and gets booed every time. Natsu hits one last little crowd work. The crowd cheers. Kaori cheers. And they do the whitest of white boy handshakes and tag out. I have here. They end the exchange with a stolen high five greeting from the 90s and tag out after a hard night of work. <laughs> right? And the crowd eats it up. The tag and everything. Okay, okay, okay. With all that out of the way, Hazuki and Natsuko are in the ring to start the wrestling portion of this match. And they're ready to wrestle. Out of a headlock and being pushed into the ropes, Hazuki tries to knock down Natsuko, but it isn't happening. Natsuko shows her how to get it done, though. As Natsuko was ready to take it to a Hazuki, Nao was standing by outside the ring to trip her up. M. Night Shyamalan would be proud here. Miss Yuri announces to be mindful of the wrestlers outside the ring, but now just rubs Natsuko up a little bit and tosses her back in the ring to catch a boot from Hazuki. What the did, you notice, did you notice what Hazuki was doing as Nao was beating Natsuko on the outside? She just sat in the corner and had a little bit of a water break. Nice boot cadence from Hazuki, followed by a scoop slam to see her tag in Kigitsu, and she slowly, stiffly lays in some kicks of her own. Yeah. Natsuko starts to come back a little bit, but Kigitsu and Hazuki are all over it. Yeah, they show right here why they're my favorite tag team. Hazuki and Natsuko in a headlock with her laying on the second rope for Kegetsu to fly from the turnbuckle on top of her. Natsu is in. She occupies Old Ref long enough for the rest of Oedota to set Natsuko up in the rope taunting spot, and everyone gets in on it. Another one of my favorite moments in the match. Did you notice that Old Ref waited until they all got in position? 
He allowed that, but then did the fastest count ever. He's like, I gave you all enough time to get here. Now you got five seconds to let it go, but that five seconds is going to happen in two seconds. <laughs> Elbows from Hazuki, and she takes a moment to run the ropes. But Natsuko catches her for an Art Anderson-quality spinebuster here, and that's enough to let her get a tag in. Yeah, I have the note here that I don't think we've had uh, um, any kind of call for it or set up for it yet, but I really want to see Hazuki and Natsuko for the high-speed championship. Agreed. Kaori and Monster come in and try to double-team suplex Tazuki, but Natsu is in to help out. In the madness, Kaori does get in a nice exchange as she hits her flying backsplash on Hazuki while simultaneously kicking Natsu on the way down. Yeah, it looked really good. But it was excellent teamwork from the two as they tagged Natsuko back in. Why is Jungle down on the floor not ready for a tag? Also, Tank Top Guy's back. He is. Sir, it's January. How are you not freezing to death? <laughs> oh, he is. But his coolness keeps him warm. Natsuko missed a sweeping kick to Hazuki, but is quick to rebound and start bowling her over with shoulder tackles. I love her spears. Then she starts giving Hazuki the damn elbows of doom. Hazuki catches a break by getting in a code breaker as Natsuko was coming off the ropes. She gains the upper hand by putting a foot in her face while she's laying on the bottom rope. Hazuki tags Kagetsu in, and you'd think she's about to finish Natsuko off. But she tosses her into the corner and demands Jungle get in there with her. Business is about to pick up. If you're going to challenge the champion, you better show you're ready. Yep. Jungle comes in, and they are trading the elbows. Hey, side camera person. Clean the lens, please. <laughs> My God, Kegetsu is coming off the ropes and Jungle lays her ass out with an elbow straight to the head. Yeah. I felt that all the way over here. Same. Two years later, in Mongrovia. Same. That looked amazing. Jungle isn't showing any signs of slowing down either. A clothesline in the corner and she's looking to kick things up even more. But Kegetsu quickly locks in armbar number 45 to slow that shit down. She reversed a clothesline into an armbar. That was then reversed into a one-armed powerbomb because fuck these girls are amazing. Both ladies are slow to get up. When they do, Kigetsu tries to lay her back down with a kick to the head, but Jungle is still standing. After a Mishinoku driver, a kick to the back of Jungle's head does the trick and she's down. Surprisingly though, Jungle manages to catch Kigetsu off the ropes for another powerbomb. Jungle tries to stop Kigetsu from tagging out, but can't. Jamie starts taking it to her now. Jungle dodges a kick and rolls to her corner, but no one was there. Well, shit. <laughs> Monster shows up to the corner about 15 seconds too late. Comes in and tries to crossbody Jamie, but she was well out of the way. What was this, man? <laughs> Perfect timing. She had enough time to move out of the way, stand, and watch from beginning to end of this execution. Oido Tai set up Monster for them to hit splashes in the corner. Natsu is the second in line and whips poor Monster across the face. Yeah, she caught her right in the forehead with that whip. Did Monster owe Natsu money? Maybe. Surround sound boots to Monster, and Kaori is in to break the pin attempt. I really like these surround sound boots. It's the first time I think I've seen anybody do a countdown beforehand to make sure all three landed perfectly in unison. Everybody but Hazuki and Kegetsu are right outside the ring now, but they're quick to join them as they both fly through the ropes to land on them outside. This was beautiful. Perfect synchronicity. Jungle stands in the ring and decides to join everybody. Monster slams Jamie on the mat and Kaori comes off the top. Monster then goes up and is assisted by Natsuko to flip off the top to backsplash onto Jamie. Yeah, she just landed right on Jamie's face. Yeah, that, that was not the most graceful of falls. Well, she didn't kind of jump. She did just kind of fall forward in a flip motion. 
Somehow, though, Hazuki manages to fly in and break up the pen. Because it's Suzuki. Bit of back-and-forth struggle between Monster and Jamie, but now gets in a hit with the Oidotai sign, and Jamie connects with a running knee to the face, and that's enough for her to get the three for Oidotai in 1417, with Old Ref immediately outside the ring to try and break up the post-match scuffle. Yeah, my first thoughts were this is a little bit of an anticlimactic ending with the use of the sign and the knee kind of coming out of nowhere. But then, like you said, immediately everybody's attention turns outside to where Jungle and Kagetsu are still going at it. Another Oido tie match that is all over the place. But man, did this match have everything in it and place everyone where they needed to be moving forward. For Jamie, she's definitely in the right crowd to be elevated. The main focus here was to get ready for Kegetsu and Jungle. But they also worked in Jamie joining yesterday and getting used to the flow of things. I would definitely put Jamie on that B level of superstar who's come in and immediately understands and gets the stardom style of wrestling. Wife? I actually didn't watch this one because I thought this one was one of the matches we were going to do the live stream on. Um, so I was just leaving it. Spoilers! To you Spoilers! Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You should go back and watch this match as soon as we're done here. <laughs> Post-match, we have Kigetsu getting back into the ring and grabbing a mic. And she says, hey, Jungle, you're not really that big of a deal. If you're such a big deal, let us settle this right now. Jungle gets in the ring and says... When I get you in my hands on January 14th at Korakuren Hall, I will settle things. Kegetsu and Jungle then do the stardom special, grab each other's hair, stare at each other a bit, and Kegetsu says, no matter how many times you try, the results will never change. Our only singles match for this show is for the Future of Stardom Championship as the inaugural champion Starlight Kid defends against the up-and-comer Utami. After the past couple of weeks, I actually half expected that when they shot back to the back for Utami to talk, Momo would actually be on the microphone and forget to give it to her. (laughs) Um, But instead, it goes straight to Utami, who says, I will definitely win today's future match. That's it. Enough said. We then shoot over to Starlight, who says, Today is my sixth future title defense. I face Utami. Today I'll defend my belt and stop Utami's momentum. Both ladies are in the ring as Japanese Jack Tunney presents the belt for photos. I love this. Every time. Did you notice a little thing here? Starlight grabbing the belt even as they're posing for the picture to show that it's her title? Yep. The bell rings and take just a moment to feel the situation out before locking up. Utami is towering over Kid here. Utami has her in a waist lock, but Kid pulls a leg out from under her, and this opens Utami up for some drop kicks. Kid focuses on bringing Utami down a foot or two by focusing on her legs in an effort to keep her grounded. But Utami tries to roll out of a figure yon, but it just rolls back over to Kid's advantage. However, she does make it to the ropes for a break. I had a note and a question for you on this. Go on. It's not often you see a face, and Starlight's definitely a face. I'm not saying she's not here. Choose a body part and and work it throughout the entirety of a match. I can't think of another person who's done it, and it just makes so much sense, especially when the other person, the opponent, is bigger than you. Like, do you, do, yeah. have you ever really noticed that? No, this right here is a straight logic match. Usually it's the hill that picks apart a body part, and or they're setting up for a move, because I'm not even aware of Starlight having any kind of like leg submission move or anything. I don't know. I liked it. It was, I just kept thinking how, how much of a cognitive mass this was. And you said it really is a brain buster to watch them really calculate which body part they wanted to go for Nick. Yeah. I'm giving it props. I think more faces should be smart enough to try to take the bad guy out and not say new Tommy's a bad guy. I think they're tweeners at this point, but you should focus on a weakness of your larger opponent. 
Like, and just most faces are dumb. I'm looking at you, Sting. <laughs> okay. that's, that's all I got. Kid off the ropes is caught by Utami for a better looking arm drag than yesterday. It gives Utami a chance to catch her breath. But as Kid was in the corner, it was too long and she got out of the way of a drop kick. Kid has Utami in the ropes, but gets caught up in an 8166. Utami tries to spin her around, but Kid slithers out of it into a roll up attempt. Utami is up and knocks down Kid with a shoulder tackle. This is followed by a nasty-looking Russian leg sweep she does. Kid is up, runs the ropes, and changes direction. Some things happen, and she manages to hit a DDT to Utami. Yes. I watched this a couple of times, and I'm sticking with that. I think physics happened, but I'm not sure how. A successful 8166 is highlighted with Kid's awesome standing moonsault in the middle of the ring. Utami has Kid in the corner and looks to be going after her, but you can see Kid clearly scouting this one out as she meets Utami halfway and nearly takes her leg off with the drop kick. If Utami is to walk away with this championship tonight, she's going to have to earn it. I don't think she's going to walk away. Kid's amazing corner climbing DDT thing is always great to see. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> I'm leaving it at that. Corner climbing DDT thing. Elbow exchange in the middle as the two are visibly gassed. And then Kid just slaps the shit out of her. Yeah, didn't see that one coming. And neither did her Tommy. Frog splash from Kid sees her follow it up with the spinning frog splash, but Utami kicks out at two. Kid tries to go up again, but Utami drags her out of the corner. She manages to get Kid in a choke, but she got her foot firmly on the middle rope for a break. Her Karana from Kid for a roll up, but it doesn't work. Kid goes for it again after coming off the ropes, but this one was clunky. It was more of a roll-up than a Hurricane Rana because you could tell they didn't quite do what they wanted to do. But nobody was hurt. It didn't look dangerous. And they, they made it work. As Kid is trying to do the back-sitting thing, Utami slides her off and issues a clothesline of the night. Yeah. And I honestly thought it should have gotten a bigger reaction as well. Yeah. Utami is up top and hits a nice dropkick to Kid in the middle of the ring. She stands over Kid and gut-wrenches her from the mat to try something, but Kid wiggles out. Off the ropes, and Utami catches her in a Samoan drop. Utami applies a sleeper in the middle of the ring, and as Kid is trying to get to the ropes, Utami ragdolls her back into the middle. Yeah. She lets the sleeper go and picks her up into the torture rack, and Kid submits at 9.47 for Utami to become the second Future of Stardom champion. And that torture rack looked amazing. It really did. Japanese Jack Tunney is in the ring to present the trophy and the belt to Utami, and we get some streamers. Yeah. What an excellent match. Kid went in knowing that Utami was taller and bigger and worked her best to try and even the odds. But at the end of it, Utami was just too overpowering for her. This is how any David and Goliath match should go, regardless of the outcome. On paper, Utami would look to be the dead giveaway winner of this. But Kid put up a hell of a fight, and they both gave us a great wrestling match here. Yeah, I think Starlight, at one point or another, hit every single one of her signature slash finisher moves. And Atami just kept coming. They made a beast out of Atami during this match. She just showed to be amazingly tough. I think she only hit five moves throughout the entirety of the match. But Starlight just was unable to keep her down. One more thing I want to add about this match, too, is, is that I know that we reviewed it pretty quick for what we normally do. But this match has to be watched for standard learning at any kind of wrestling school. Yeah, it, well, it was just under 10 minutes long. It wasn't even a very long match. But they were able to tell a story. They were able to do everything they needed to do 
Starlight doesn't look terrible because, like you said, she wiggled and maneuvered out of everything Utami was throwing at her. And Utami just came across as a little bit bigger and a little bit badder. We don't have a lot of post-match this show, as we stated earlier. We think Japanese Jack Tunney has everyone on a timer tonight to make room for the Battle Royal that's about to take place in this show on Stardom. However, we're actually going to do something a little bit different here because we all feel that the future of Stardom Championship match tonight should have been the rightful main event. So we're actually going to end this episode here, and we're going to do something a little bit different for the Battle Royal because we're not skipping over it. This episode releases on the 9th at 9 p.m. Texas time, like normal. But on January 16th at 2 p.m. Texas time, we're actually going to do a live stream of the Battle Royal that's about to take place next on the card. That's right. We'll be live streaming a watch-along. You won't be able to watch it on our stream, but we invite you to join us on Stardom-World and watch along with us. And if you have any questions or comments or just want to say, hey, we invite you to join us for this watch along and just come out and support. So that actually ends the video portion of this show. We thought it over and we figured we'd try something different for this Battle Royal. Covering a match like this in video wouldn't do it justice with all the splicing we'd have to do. And we don't want to put the entirety of the match on YouTube out of respect for stardom. Mm-hmm. While we do show a good bit of the matches we review, there's always stuff that we leave out in hopes that our viewers will go over and try out their services for 920 yen a month at www.stardom-world.com and help them get even bigger outside of Japan. Yeah, and this is your chance, like I said, to be a part of the show. With that, my match of the night for this episode would have to be the Future of Stardom Championship match. Both ladies went in knowing the stakes and put on a hell of a match. It's also good to see a singles match focused on like this one was. Barring the Battle Royal, this was really the main event of the show in a back-to-back series at Shinkiba. If I had been there for both days, I'd have definitely felt like I got my money's worth. Utami, even before knowing what we know now, was positioned to be the next up-and-comer. And based on everything we've seen prior to this, this match places her in line for big things in the future. Yeah, I gotta not necessarily disagree with you, but disagree with you. As my match of the night is Stars versus QQ. As you said when we were watching it, it never slowed down. Everybody in the match just brought their A game. Everybody was utilized properly. It it was just so fun to watch. Not to take away from the Future of Stardom's match, but it was just more of my style of match. How about you, Dr. The Wife? Uh, I'm gonna have to agree with him. Uh, I I like the Future for a stardom match because it was mm. more of a, a chess game watching that that match with, with them figuring out how they were going to address the next move or which body part they were going to work with so I, I like that one that's my match of the night awesome and your heel of the night <sighs> i don't know if i have too many heels of the nights because it was just kind of tame mm-hmm. for me so i don't know if i have one this time I guess I could say it, it, my heel and I could probably be Hana because she would be that hair pull Um, Okay. So I would probably pick her. Mine's a little bit different this time. I think it's a little bit of a curveball that nobody's going to see coming. My heel of the night tonight is a three-way tie. It's the Sisters of Stars who turned a daughter against her own mother. You damn, damn heel stars. Walda? I'm going to have to go out of left field here and say that my heel of the night was Saki. Because she betrayed her team tonight by letting them take so much punishment in the ring... Clearly just standing by and letting it happen. Saki. Didn't they win that match? Saki. Could have won it faster. <laughs> well, I'm Waldo, and that's it for me. And I'm the Matt, and that's it for me. And I'm Dr. The Wife, and that's it for me. 
Be sure to catch us on all the usual places within social media, at Face for Wrestling, on the Twitter and Facebook. Leave a comment below and let us know how we're doing. You can catch the audio version of this episode on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to stutter kick the subscribe button here on YouTube. And as always, check out www.startup-world.com where you can get some amazing wrestling action for only 920 in a month. And don't forget that you can join myself, Waldo, and Dr. The Wife on January 16th at 2 p.m. Texas time for a live stream watch along. I don't know how to end this sentence, so I'll end it this way. Don't forget, everyone is different and everyone is good.